Beers and Banter, episode 16. Righto, tonight we've got massive episode. We've got all the Titans news. We've got some origin talk, bit of cricket, bit of Ash Barty, and special guest in the seat tonight, John from My Little Box. Hit it, Timmy. Righto. John, welcome to the not-so-sweaty box. <laughs> Good to be in here, Matty. Well, when we first started recording, it was quite quite warm in here. Yeah. But uh, as, as the cooler months have hit, it's, it is actually quite nice in here on the, the Monday night. The budget's gone up, so we put air con in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Air conditioning. We left the door open for a bit. We could actually rent it out in summer for that Bikram yoga. Yes, we could do that, actually. <laughs> Only it could be a little bit too hot and humid for them, maybe even, I think. Yeah, we'll just stoke maybe, it for Maybe yoga's idea. not for us either. <laughs> <No idea. laughs> That's a sight no one wants to Wouldn't see. last long. Is that nude as well, Bikram, or is that something else? I don't think so. No, right for you. That's tantric. I think you're wrong book. <laughs> Righto. Big Red, how are you, mate? Good, good. So how was your weekend? Good. I, I, it was like just a flat pack mission. Missy, uh, Missy hit Ikea last week, so I spent all weekend on the flat pack, oh. on, the, on the Allen key basically, putting the furniture together. I did manage to sneak out and watch the uh, mighty Burley Bears get up this afternoon against South Logan. So it was a good little, good little treat. They're going all right, Burley, aren't they? Second on the table. I'm not sure whether that pushes them up, but yeah, they're going going good. Still on the uh, ginger beers oh, and banter. Oh, please, he didn't have a beer at the footy yesterday. What are you trying to say? Just heard a report. He might have July dry July lasted seven days. I, I may have slipped yesterday. A uh, couple of old mates did uh, invite me to the footy and then there was a beer waiting for me. I thought it would be rude not to drink it. It was already poured. So what are you doing? Dry dry half July. Well, I figure one out of seven is better than yeah, seven true. out of seven yeah. at the moment. So I can't argue. I'm back on. Give me, you did waiver during your month of abstainment. Yeah, and I've, I've made up for it in July. Had about 45 on Saturday at the yeah, races. That's no good. bit dusty yesterday. So here we go. Quiet weekend. It was it was good uh, hangover weather really with the um, bit average. You wouldn't have got much fishing done on the weekend, John. Uh, no fishing, mate. No fishing. Went north with the family. So um, keen to get into it now. Though this week's looking good. Oh really? It is. Yep. Might have to get the boat in the water. Yeah. No wind. Swells going down. Boys will be out there. Keen. We haven't. Well, the swell's been up. It's been windy yeah. as and you know cold. So it's it's not been good fishing weather for a while. But no, I'm hanging. Best of intentions, so that's well good. done, Matty. You got me in at the right time, mate. Perfect. Uh, Big week coming up. Origin. Origin. Uh, we've got uh, John can give us some insights too into his day job. So a bit of player development too. We've got a lot of um, young Titans that are that are uh, come from this from this rugby league nursery. So you might yeah. be able to give us some insights into that. Yeah. So I'm, I worked down at Palm Beach Crumman High School. Um, I'm involved in the soccer program, but I get to um, rub shoulders with the boys that head up the footy program rugby league and afl and um mate they've been they've been churning out players for a long time yeah but uh yeah the boys that i sit with i talk to all the time about these players that are coming through there's a there's a couple that are uh that have moved into the titans just in the last couple of years and um there's a couple that have i know in the last month or so have just signed those younger younger age contracts where they develop those players but um it's a it's a great machine and I think probably the best thing about it is the culture means around those players and the coaching staff and the school 
they just um, they just continue to produce young players, and it's good to see them getting into the Titans. It's good. So, do you share the same sports science and the same like workouts? Yeah, like obviously yeah. two different games, but the same fitness regimes as the those boys. Yeah, there's there's a athlete development program that they run at the school, which um, the rugby league boys have sort of nutted it out, and they've they've moved it across all the sports. There's like 18 sports there yeah. that they run, but um, yeah, we all share the same gym and um, and the same sort of functional movement programs physios nutritionists um, psychologists for the kids that's it's pretty dialed yeah it's good so that's why I never made it Dylan because while the boys at Palm <laughs> Beach Crumb <laughs> while the boys were, were at Palm Beach Crumb and in the gym and nutritionists and playing footy five, right. five lessons a week like I, was, I was in chemistry <laughs> and then I'd get I'd do my two obligatory sessions a week at the local <laughs> club and that was it I wondered why I never never got got ahead yeah, so you talk about the nursery, so it's obviously um, Palm Beach and Kibra, obviously been the two yeah. dominant sides for a long time. Yeah. These guys that come, or the footballers that come to the school, do they have, I mean, it's obviously different just a normal kid going to school. They yeah, obviously do yeah. their school work, but then they've got the the football program set up for them. Yeah, yeah, they're in there from early, early morning, like before the teachers, you know, they're in there in the gym, they thrash themselves, they're mm. pretty tired during the day for the most part when the season's kicking on. Um, do you ever get the maths yeah. teachers whinging about that or what? And then, no, nah, not not particularly. The, the kids are good, man. Yeah. Which is, when I first got to the school, I was like, I was intimidated by some of the giants getting around the school. Yeah. But they're, they're there. They're pretty focused. They're good kids. It's a good culture. And they're, I've, I've sort of put kids in with them to sharpen them up a bit. If they're playing up, I'll sit them beside these big kids that are quite intimidating. Yeah, but um, Yeah, mate, there's a couple in the young origin, like the uh, the pre-origin game, the, the I think it's the 20s. Yep. Um, there was a couple in there that did pretty well. And there's a couple just fielded um, one yesterday for the Bronx. Tommy Dean's out at the moment with yep. the Bronx. But, yeah, there's a there's a few kicking around that um, I thought you boys had enjoyed talking about. Was, yeah, was Dearden there when you were, you were teaching? Yeah, him? mate, in yeah, first yeah. class kid. A couple of years ago, yeah? Yeah, 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 big raps. And was and he a standout at school footy, obviously? Yeah. But I, he played I, for Australia and yeah, had a yeah. pretty good junior career. So. Yeah. Well, what about the young fella? Is it Tanner Boyd? Did he come, where did he come through? Was it? Was he a Palm Beach kid or not? Uh, not sure about Tanner. No. Just come back from the Broncos, signed with the Titans. Yeah, mm. for next year. But yeah, no, it's a it's a treat to be to be rubbing shoulders with some of these kids and see the way that they do it. The but same do, as me, Matty. Do. Does the school have? I mean, they obviously go and target guys to come to the school and play football for them. They have scouts. Or? Yeah, it's, a, oh, the, it's mainly the teachers. Yeah, and the, they're the coaches as well. But they they grab a couple of kids that are are looking to try and take it a little bit more serious. But there's a, there's kids that come right through from the beginning as well. Yeah. It's probably shared, to be fair. I think um, most kids that grow up and they want to on the there. Gold Coast and they, uh, they're really serious about their league, they end up at Palm Beach. Yeah. Mm. It's got me watching way more footy, though. Yeah. You see your kids. Yeah. Yeah, that I used good. to give detentions to. <laughs> <laughs> so so do, they, um, do, they, do they get any special treatment? So the big fella over here went to college in, in the uh, US and ah, basically yeah. told me he, he passed classes that he didn't attend. So is it anything like that at Palm yeah, Beach? Of course or? it is. <laughs> <laughs> You want to say no, but I kind of, I don't know, when I teach them, I tend to try and help them out where you can. You help just support them through a little bit because they've got such big commitments, man. Yeah. Just, some of them are like just just pouring the food in, especially the big boys that are the front rowers. Yeah. The amount of food they get through mm. in a day, every time I see them, they're just eating or in the gym. So they're just, they're machines from, from that young age. It's probably the closest thing that we've got to um, like – when you watch, we watch a lot of American movies, and there's always the high school kids playing sport or the college kids yeah. playing sport. 
PBC in those couple of schools are probably the closest thing to that where the kids are really trying to juggle that sport versus, mm. you know, education. Yeah. Most kids grow up in a school where it's, it's not really a big deal. Yeah, yeah. You're right. It's re- they're really lucky. But, um, you know, when, when you see them on the park at 16, 17, you can see that talent. It's pretty exciting. That's cool. Yeah. So anyway, they're, they're doing quite well. They're continuing to produce these players, but it's that they've got a great team culture, team mentality, and it, it crosses over into the other sports. Um, there's some good young surfers that have come out of there. Yeah, yeah of course. Recent years. So it's, it's good. Yeah, it's good. It's good, boys. What else has been happening? Well, Titans got the win on the weekend. That was good. good. Got the two points. <laughs> we got the two points. We, we had the, <laughs> yeah, had the on the weekend. <laughs> but uh, a bit happening. Panthers, Panthers this week. I've seen Penrith. I'd normally try and keep an eye on, on the headlines on a Monday, but I've, I've been up. I've been trapped in the auditorium at work, so I've seen nothing today. But I'm hoping there's still a Queensland team ready to run out on Wednesday night. We've we've had a couple of dramas there. We've um, well, Gillette Gillette's still under a cloud, um, but Morgan think, cleared now or not? Morgan's okay. Yeah, um, they've given Gillette until Tuesday, uh, so I think Ethan Lowe's on on standby. That's coming fine. Mm. And AJ Brimson was another. Brim, Brimson's he, gone into camp with yeah, him. Yeah, had a good um, I don't think no intention to play, but they just brought him in as a obviously a future Origin player. Yeah, I'm still uh, worried. We've got half a dozen halfbacks in the team. You, you'd never would have seen that when Alfie played. You'd never. They never would have carried a spare halfback, let alone two or three in the one team. So I'm just worried we're up against a big, big, fast, strong New South Wales yeah, team. Yeah, I but, mean, it'll be interesting to see if Morgan does start in the halves. Um, they're saying he will Munster to go full back. I did. I did call Munster moving from five eight about five or six weeks ago and got ridiculed. So I'll, I'll claim that one. He's you got, you got one right. <laughs> well done. <laughs> he used to play. Did he used to play there? Ah, uh, he used to play there. Munster years played ago. full back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I mean, you've got obviously Hunt at hooker um, alongside, you know, alongside his his team. Yeah, I don't, half, so I don't that's, mind that's that so much. I, I don't mind that so much. It's just you've got half at dummy half, you've got your two halves, then you've got a half playing center, half playing fullback, and then carrying a half on the bench. I, I'm happy that we've got that. We're trying to fit our best side into the team, but I think when you've got that many halves filling positions in the team, you could probably just play four forwards, and and if if, mm. if one of the main guys goes down, well, then you shuffle it around a bit, but. I just think the big bodies that we're going to be yeah. up against, I'd, I'd rather carry four forwards. Yeah, I still, I still think the forward packs where New South Wales have got the big advantage. Big, um, big task for Christian Welch to prove yeah. himself on the big stage. First this game, yeah. So. Who's taking Napa's spot? Welch. Welch, yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. Uh, starting spot. Who was that? Did Welch go well, straight I in? I think Welch is straight in? named on the, yeah, yeah, on right the starting on. side. So. Had a shocker there. Don't ask us questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was excited because I usually talk to the boys about it pre, yeah. you know, but it's school holidays now, mate. Oh, so no. I've been out of the loop. So I've been, this is my chance. Yeah, righto. Yeah. That's gold. Um, yeah, righto. Uh, any other final thoughts on Origin before we uh, move on? No, I just, I think we're up against it. I'd like to mm. think we're a big chance, but I'd, I can't oh, see us beating them. Before we move on, I've got um, an anonymous. You'd be happy with that, Timmy? I've got an anonymous tipster is setting a twenty dollar bet for us to play with on Wednesday night. So we'll roll that, and uh, maybe I think Jaff is June is coming in later in the week. Yeah, we'll, June will be in later in the week. Yeah, we'll put something online. He's he's requested more time to to work on his bets closer to the weekend <laughs> so that he, he's he's getting. Maybe screwed. a bit of study would be yeah, handy from wouldn't June. Wouldn't hurt. Yeah. 
Instead of just throwing the dart at the dartboard. Just for the record, he was one from five on the weekend. Yeah, you've told me that a couple yeah. of times. Sorry, Junior. Just um, before we leave, NRL, obviously Cam Smith plays his 400th game this week. That's just unbelievable. Freak, the accountant. And he's now talking about, he's obviously contracted 2020. He's talking about going on after that. Why wouldn't you? Well, he oh. says he's feeling fresh and the body's good, the mind's good. So, I mean, we could see him play full 50 plus by the time he's done. It's That's unbelievable. The only one that gets overshadowed a little bit there is James Graham. He's actually got more first grade games, but because a big chunk of his were in the Super League, he doesn't get the same credit. But he's he's right up there as well for games played. Well, so. I mean, you see now even three hundred these days is a, is a good achievement. Four hundred mm. and all at the same, you know, one club. Is is that something you draw into the kids? Because this is the far end of the spectrum. What is the average? It's like. In forty games or something is the average NRL career. It's all twenty. Yeah. Like it's not a lot. There's a yeah. I think. Well, I know AFL is only around the 23, yeah, 24 yeah, mark. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty short career when you look at it. A lot of so, guys only play a handful, if that. So out of the kids that are superstars at school, yep. Well, I, I, I played. With, I played with one of the early Palm Beach Crumbin. Um, oh yeah, Benny Hannett. He was a yep. Palm Beach boy, yep. and he was one out of you know you know thirty or forty kids at that time that were were. Yeah, Plus, yeah. You know, special probably so. Yeah, he yeah. had a, he had a, a good solid career, good long you career about, too. You, you talk about food. That bloke used to put some food away. <laughs> tell you what, and that's that's something coming from me. <laughs> um, yeah, righto. What about the cricket? Was that the loss we had to have or what? Well, you know, everyone's saying you have got to play England. You got to play England. It makes the road hard, but ultimately you got to beat them. Whether it's the semi final or the final, we have got to beat them to win the World Cup anyway. Yeah. Um, you might be right. It might have been a good loss to go back and regroup for was what a ma- four days. A mate of mine said that to me this morning. He said maybe that was just the wake up they needed. Mm. They've been travelling pretty good. Yeah, I, mean, I think the concern is that they've been the bowlers have been hurting their batsmen in the nets. So we've got a, a broken arm, a broken finger, and another bloke off for scans out of a net session. Yeah, and obviously Quaj is now gone for the rest of the tournament. What did he do? He's done his hamstring. So Hartledge. Um, they're saying. I think Matty Wade will probably come into the side. They've, they've got him over. Because they've got Australia A just lurking in the background. Yeah, they've got Wade. I didn't Wade. realise you could rotate so many players out of a World Cup squad. I thought you went into a World Cup with a set squad and had to pick from that. Yeah, I don't know what the, seems to be able to just what the rules are. But, um, the only, I mean, the thing that concerns me is obviously Dave Warner's had a phenomenal tournament and he's what happens if he doesn't make runs in the semi-final? It's, you know, we've relied on it. He's made three or four hundreds. Finch. You need Finch and Smith to, to go hard. Yeah, Smith's week. probably due to make some runs. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it'd be interesting. you got to beat them at some point, so we may as well beat them semis and probably play India in the final. The Poms could have been foxing too. Like, they've just been working into a, a big win, I'm sure. Yeah, well, they've they've probably they've probably found some form at the right time of the, of the tournament, so. Yeah. Uh, just before we, we get into some fishing stuff, what about the disrespect for Ash Barty? She's a she's a favourite of the show here and world number one. Grandma wouldn't be happy. Can't get onto court one, and can't get on the coverage over the the other pair of wankers that are, that played tennis for Australia. What has she got to do to get some respect? She can't go much higher in the rankings, can she? <laughs> I think it's I think it's atrocious. Yeah, I, I mean, it, you see this curiosity. He's been doing it for so long now. You actually wonder whether a lot of it's put on. So he got stung in his like press he's obviously, conference. He's obviously a dick, but is he now just playing up he's to – playing it to yeah, stay in, he, in the media. Yeah. He, he yeah. got caught out by one of the journos that after he lost the Nadal. She said, oh, 
said she, something. She saw him in she the pub. The she night was before. in the pub with him the yeah. night before at eleven o'clock, and he comes out a couple of hours later to play in the dolls. Please, he's just traveling the world, having a laugh. I mean, the, the sad thing there, and if he actually got switched on, he actually could do. And even Nadal said he could potentially be a Grand Slam winner. Freak, yeah. If he got it, you know, if he got his head together, yeah, he's freakish. It's annoying. It's just, yeah, just a shame he's Australian and he's a dick. Yeah, yeah. But Barty needs more airtime. I think she deserves. We all want to see her. Yeah, that's right. Well. <coughs> I think tonight she's she's up early tonight. So yeah, right. Get amongst get, it. When we get out of the sweaty box, we can go and watch her play. We'll be here late. Let's you get in, let's get into the real talk, but what what we all want to hear. Fishing talk. Yeah. My little box fame, John. <laughs> Massive amount of followers online. You're uh you've you've captured you've you've nailed the art of the fishing the fishing video and the people are saying like E. T. Johnny <laughs> from my little box. Same I think, category. I think not, it goes Johnny quite. then E. T. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Not well, it's been a slow uh it's been a slow Rex, process, Rex Rex a Hunt, Hunt, Who? Rex who? <laughs> Rex who? He's gone. <laughs> You have actually managed to snag one of the best fishermen on the East Coast. I think so. And you've brought John in as well. So oh, there's the two of us now. Yeah, there's the two of us. Lining that up. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> back. Welcome back. <laughs> no, this, is, is, this exciting. is good, mate. It's good to be in. So so I remember you as, as a kid, yeah. uh, full disclosure, we went to St. Primary School, yeah. uh, but just an all-round sportsman. So soccer, basketball, whatever it was, you could do it. Yeah, we did a lot. First, good. I didn't know about the bicycle kick. Before I, I saw you do it, and then I saw Pelé do it in a movie. So, that, <gasps> so I, you did it first, as far as I was concerned. Oh, very good. Um, very good. Where, where did the obsession with fishing come from, though? Um, I, th- I think it was uh, we moved up here. Well, I lived at Salvage Point, which is just down the road. Yeah, and so all the canals there. I used to fish on the way to school, walk across the walk across the bridge to Miami Primary. Yeah. And just look down and be like, man, I've got to get into something. Get a Trevally out of the water there. Yeah, Brim Trevally, Flathead. We used to clean up down there. So it was um, – we were just in in really ripe country for good fishing. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it just sort of used to offset all the all the sport and, and you know, just living right on the, on the right spots. You get into it and you start to froth it. And, yeah, we're pretty lucky here with all the canals everywhere. Mm. So it's – um, there's a lot of fishermen on the coast and that's what, that's what kicked it off. And then, um, I started, I started getting into lure fishing and, and started reviewing lures yeah. and that's when, you know, social media came around at the same time yeah. and, um, yeah, it's just been a, a lot of fun since then, mate. I think I was mm. spoiled as a kid. We, dad took us up the beach a lot. So we we're at Fraser Island. We're at, yeah. the, we're at, we're at, uh, Noosa North Shore every second weekend. Yeah. So it was basically cast, pull a fish in, cast, pull a fish in. And then I moved to the Gold Coast and just thought there was no fish down there. But yeah. probably more that I was just a shit fisherman. <laughs> but, you know, we are, we're blessed in a, with all the waterways that are around. But, um, yeah. that I did a lot of, a lot of beach fishing, in, but now sort of only really getting into, um, into the canals and into the rivers and, and the how's that water. working out for you, Matty? Oh, oh do, you do you want, want me to, to show the photos? <laughs> I think you gave us the stats. <laughs> do you want to pass us that trophy there? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, no. Show, John, show John the trophy. Give Don't worry about the trophy. What, what were the stats? You gave us some stats that you fishing ripple <laughs> with lure fishing. How many have you caught so far on lures? You gave, you did throw some numbers around before the full disclosure. Did you say? <laughs> uh, so yeah, right, eh? Uh, I'll be honest. I've never, I've never pass caught a, a fish. Up. Uh, using a lure or a plastic, I'm, I'm more of a bait man myself. Did you make this up yourself, this up? No, mate. Can I have a look. So that's Borrowed that it off the neighbours. That's a coveted trophy in my family. Oh wow! Yeah, righto. 
So that's the Noel Snell Memorial Annual Easter Fishing Classic. Yeah. We try to go for the longest possible name. Chris has got it. Oh, there's a spot for 2019. Yeah, that's, so that's, that's where me. your name's going to go. That's me. So okay. I'm on there a couple of times. You might Just know him and his son were the only two in it this year. <laughs> Stop it. It's rained out. His son's two. It was, it was a 47-centimetre <laughs> flathead, I'll have you know. Um, Mate, that is, I've seen some of the lizards that John's pulled in. So I think they would eat them for, for bait. So what I want to know is I, I caught a pretty solid flathead and yep. people can check out our Instagram page for, for the pictures, oh, but um, it, it looked tiny. It looked like a pilly. Like you, you've obviously it's how you hold it up. You've mastered the, the art how, how to yeah. how to show that. Uh, yeah, you, hold it forward, make it look big. Hide your arms. You and hands. basically get a GI Joe and put the fish in its arms and yeah. then take a picture. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You, what is you the biggest flathead you've got? Uh, just under a meter. Just under I got a meter. him last year. But there's a there's a few of them around here, and mm. I heard the same thing as a kid. The Gold Coast has fished out, yeah, and I used to sort of believe it a little bit and wonder yep. what was going on. But it's not it's not really the case. We're yeah. Once you start to get a few tricks up, you your call sleeve, that flatty locally somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Like um, that DVD that I've I've put together, I filmed that in it was fourteen sessions, and there's probably a dozen fish over you know near the meter mark 80 centimeters to a meter mark there there's there's plenty of good fish around here and it's not just flooded there's yeah there's a whole host of fish we're pretty lucky like you can go out and get there's only a couple of places around the world you can go out offshore and catch marlin and then go all the way into a tiny little creek and catch a little bass up in a stream somewhere small and we've got everything in between like big jewfish we've got mangrove jack big flathead there's good fishing everywhere it is good. Yeah. And then, you know, you jump in a car. We were just talking before I do a bit of cod fishing. And yeah. you jump in a car and, you know, a couple of hours drive, you're fishing for cod and yeah. things like that. It is a, it's a brilliant spot. Yeah, you live on the Gold Coast. There's accessibility everywhere for boats, kayaks or land base, just walking with a backpack and some lures and that. And, what, yeah. what do you think when um, – we didn't really talk about this before the show, but what do you think mm. when they start talking about things like cruise ship terminals and that sort of stuff up the broadwater? Yeah, I sort of um, – I don't necessarily like the idea of just completely turning the broadwater into a, into a big facility like that. But yeah. as a fisherman, I'm just rubbing my hands together, mate. Those All of the built stuff on the Gold Coast, the hundreds of Ks of like rock bars and canal systems are just like billion-dollar nurseries for, for mangrove jack brim and, and good fishing. That's so, a, that, um, that is a perspective of, of, yeah. I've never heard in that argument before. So that's, yeah. I'm a bit like you. I've got a foot in either camp, or, mm. you know, my job survives on construction, so yeah. uh, and I'm not naive. The Gold Coast, there's two jobs on the Gold Coast. You're either a tradie or, or you're you're in tourism. So yeah, yeah. to me, it's a no-brainer. We need some sort of cruise ship revenue coming in here, and we also mm. need development and construction to keep keep the tradies busy. Mm. But when I'm heading up north on the on the Broadwater in the boat, there's an element of that that I, I don't ever want it ruined. So. Mm. Um, I don't know. Maybe they can have that bit, but as long as as long as as soon as you get north of wave break, that they, they they leave it. But it's it's a yeah. it's a hard battle. And that's some of the best flatty grounds too up there. Right there, yeah, yeah right well, there, just north of wave breaks. Good. Yeah, right. We can get into that. Um, yeah. So, mate, there's there's a whole host of stuff that you can do on the Gold Coast, and I thought, yeah, we'll share a bit of that with you, and maybe you'll end up getting on to something. Yeah, give us a give. It, yeah, I can see that one. I've been eyeing that. Oh, you're talking you're looking at this. All right. So, um, is that a brim lure? Or a... <laughs> so there, there's um, just to give you an idea around this. I've been doing these reviews for about six years now, and um, l- the lure industry, the design of these little things that you can use to catch fish, 
it's just uh, it's taken off. It, it sort of became mainstream efficient last five or six years, and now it's really kicking on. And there's an there's Australian lure designers that are matching it with the with the rest of the world now. I reckon. Um, and there's some really ugly things like this thing, but that's that's for catching a Murray cod, and it looks like a rat. Mm. Yeah. Can you see that? You can, yeah. you can see it. Yeah. yeah. So a big long tail and um, super catchy big hooks, and and that fur that makes it look really realistic in the water. I'm not sure I want to eat anything that eats uh, that. Yeah, like it's <laughs> they, they grow massive, mate. There's, you wouldn't catch it anyway. <laughs> they're huge. True. Yeah, they're huge. I've seen them take big. Yeah. I, I was talking about. I'll get a similar one that would broken back. And mm. I had a friend of mine that was throwing it across the river. And this thing's like throwing half a house brick. And, mm. you know, you start, especially of a night, you start dragging yeah. them across some of these creeks out west. And, you know, next thing you just get these big bush mm. and, you know, it starts peeling line off. So you'd be surprised how big they yeah. are. Those, those cod were just, they got that massive mouth, similar to, I suppose, like a bass, but in, yeah, a, yeah. in a much bigger fish and they just engulf anything. That kind of fishing suits that adventurous side of, of people too, like get out in, in the outback or get yep. out into some creeks, nature and go and Off chase the You things. definitely don't come across many people out there. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty <laughs> so, easy. Sounds like a lot of walking. There's a lot of walking, yeah, which is definitely not one of my strong points. I did a three k, <laughs> uh, three day 60K hike through the bush in a, in yeah, a certain creek last year, which was huge considering with a 20 kilo pack because you're obviously taking in your bedding, food, and yeah. I hadn't even Water. hiked 500 metres with a pack on. <laughs> and what then time I did of year? Because it gets real hot out there during um, the summer. You out there during the cold? It wasn't like super extremes. hot. I'm just okay. trying to remember. I think it was maybe September last year. Okay. That's a good September, time. September, yeah. So it was sort of before the, the summer heats. But mm. it was it, – it's just hard work. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're crossing the creeks. Like we didn't – there was no trail. We just went yeah. through the bush. Yeah. But a lot of hard work. Yeah. A lot of hard work, yeah. So there, there's just coming back to these, right? There's Australian lure designers at the moment that are – this bloke who designed this, Matt, he's um, he's going over to ICAST, which is like the probably the world's most prestigious fishing tackle trade show. He's there this week. He's just released something like this that's matching it with the best in the world. Um, he's, from, he's from just up the road. He's from Springwood. And uh, Matty, I reckon this little thing might be the number for you, mate. Down the line, this bloke hails all the way from uh, Eleonora, and made Mick, here on the coast. Yeah, Mick <clears throat> Molnar, um, he's designed it, and it's a little prawn that I think is one of those one of those special lures that are very easy to fish, and you can catch a whole host of fish pretty pretty regularly with with a lot of ease for the most part compared to a lot of other lures. Well, the, so brim out, the brim out the back, the brim love, out the back, do, do love a prawn. Them. Yep. So it, most of the fish I get, I think, are suicidal. That's why I use bait. I, I, I just throw it out there, leave it, and then something eventually comes along and just oh, has had enough and yeah. take the bait. But yeah, and very unlucky if you catch it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, right. No, it's cool. That's a cool little one. Industry. Yeah. So, so what's the most common mistake guys make when when they're fishing plastics and lures? That's what I need to know. What am I doing wrong? Um, or for the most part, I reckon they uh, they. They just go out, stand on the bank and throw it out into the middle yep. and bring it straight back. And it's very simple to do that. And that's kind of what you think maybe to throw it out into the centre of a, of a system if you're land-based. Whereas a lot of the time if, you, um, 
if you go about your business and throw it along the edges of a bank first and then or go and throw it around a pontoon or along some rocks instead of walking down standing right on the edge of the water spooking all the fish that live along that edge yeah it's like a ripple effect you walk in you spook those fish they go out and it alerts everything else that you're around people don't believe it but you can you can walk up to a patch of fish and literally watch them scatter as the closer you get to the water yeah and that has a flow-on effect so i think if you sort of stand back this is if you're on footage or down the backyard yep go down the back and throw around along the edges early morning and you're a much better shot instead of um, so throwing that, straight in the middle. So that's what I'm doing wrong. I throw out into the middle and all the blokes in boats come come past <laughs> and cast it at the edge. Those kayakers. <laughs> yeah, the kayakers. First thing in the morning. But, yeah, it's probably that, – that'd be it, mate. Yeah. What's your common mode of – is it kayak or little tinny or what do you normally go out in? Uh, I've got a kayak and um, I've got – I cheat a little bit because it's got an electric motor that I jam down through the centre of it and um, – for chasing flathead over the sand flats on the coast, that's probably the best, stealthiest little uh, yeah. machine to, to do it with, I reckon. But on with a tinny, I've got a tinny I'll take around a lot as well. That that um, small sort of crabbing-sized tinny is just wicked for fishing the Gold yeah. Coast. All the canals, it's very nimble and um, you can get up into the shallows. It's perfect, isn't it? Damage. You don't need a big boat we, to catch we, these sort of big really lizards don't. and jacks and yeah. – we crossed paths just after, sort of probably just after the end of school. And I remember at that time, yeah. you never saw your truck without a canoe on the roof. Yeah. It just went everywhere. <laughs> That's right, man. Never just, took it off. Just used to fish with it at any chance I got. And that was, yeah, that was a big part of the obsession when you sort of, you leave high school before you get a proper job. Yeah. And you're just kicking around the, the, the fishing holes, working it all out. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's good Perfect. fun. What about fishing trips? You done any cool fishing trips? Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we sort of go... I want to do a bit more of what you're doing, man. Like trekking out in the in that high country. I'll, those. I'll give you a. Sh- we'll do a trade off. We'll do, we'll yeah. do some trips out west. The Granite Belt, <laughs> and I'd love yeah. to do some jack jack fishing. Is something I've never kind of uh, got a handle mainly because yeah. in northern New South Wales, the rivers. I yeah. don't know how well they produce jacks, but well, the, like the jack fishing. Um, you can catch jacks from basically like Coffs Harbour all the yeah. way up to around to Broome, pretty much whatever yeah, right. Western Australia. But the jacks that we've got on the Gold Coast are by far the biggest. And um, yeah, we're, we're like I was saying, we're super lucky. A lot of people don't realise, but if you live on a canal and you go and stand, like I was saying, stand on your pontoon, you've got a pontoon, you throw out into the middle, the jacks are like living under your pontoon. <laughs> so I see guys sort of set their lines out. All you got to do is drop it down and leave it. And there's some there's some big badass, like they're going to re- wreck you if you're not ready, jacks. Like they'll, they'll rip a rod holder to pieces. And um, wow. yeah, they're, they're an aggressive fish. It's probably one of the pound for pound, one of the best in the world, no question about it. They're ferocious. They've got teeth. They'll, they'll rip your hand apart if you put it too close. And um, yeah, there's some sick jack fishing to be done. And they're probably mm. the, the trips that I like the most mm. is I'll go with my brother, maybe a couple of boys with some tinnies and we go, we go hunting up these tiny little like mozzie infested creeks yeah. and midges <laughs> and it's pretty nasty. But um, you get onto some psycho fishing, you know, that's out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So I was, I was checking out some of your videos just to, in uh, yeah. sort of preparation. You you were at one of my pl- favourite places on the planet. I grew up going there a lot as oh, a kid, yeah. Fraser Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phenomenal. But mm. but I thought my old man was anal. Oh, yeah. Getting sand out of his car. You've taken yeah. it to the next level, lifted it up. Yeah. It was, that was a, a good video basically showing – how how much sand comes out of a um out of out of out of, out of car once you've done one of those trips? So yeah. I go to a Toyota guy down here at Berlin. He reckons I'm pretty good. He, yeah, but he always has to drop the the bash plate out for me and uh, gets rid of the last bit of sand out of there. And 
It's kind of scary. Did you do the underbody washes? You come I, off I razor do, and that. I do it at, at uh, Noosa North Shore. Yeah. There, I do the underbody wash, and then I usually mm. spend multiple weekends, and I literally just feed the feed the uh, hose into the chassis yeah. rail and let it let it run. Actually, mm. I met a guy once made a good little invention. He had like a little um, little hose adapter that was a magnet. So he basically oh, just right. clicked his hose on it and clicked it over the top of a chassis hole and yep. just left it there, let it go. So you do the sprinkler. You do, yeah, yeah. I usually do multiple weekends and then I still take it in and he takes the bash plate off and all the sand drops out of it. Yeah. There were kilos of sand that came out of it. Yeah. Like we winched it up. I copped some flack on it, um, but we've been doing it for years and my brother's like worked in construction for 20-something years. Um, but you still got to be pretty careful, I suppose. Um, but we, yeah, we winched it up, drained it out. There were buckets of sand. If you had access to, you know, some other, obviously don't try that at home, but if you've got, mm. it, you cannot beat getting in under there and uh, hosing it yeah, out. Yeah, draining it out. I usually try and put it on a bit of an angle or something. And, yeah, just up on blocks is enough yeah. for the most part. But yeah, that's fun, mate. That's but fun. Fraser pl- Island. Favourite place. How long ago were you there? Uh, we go there every year over Christmas, couple of weeks. So we were yeah. there in November and the Nagala rocks had basically been ripped to pieces. Yeah. It was completely yeah, different. Yeah. So we didn't actually get through. A couple of the boys had some car problems. So we've just literally come through the, the little rocky bit with all the water in it and yeah, pulled yeah. straight down onto the beach. And you could never do that before. So yeah, yeah. that was pretty cool. But um, yeah. does, does it worry up there? There's been a few um, dingo attacks and whatnot. But it, it does, man. We've, we've been going there since we were kids. I've always sort of treated it. That's their place. I'd, I'd hate to see... But they stop going. People stop going there, or they stop people mm. from going there because we're we're ruining it. On what do you what yeah. do you reckon? Is it going to be? Is it ever going to get to that point? Well, it, it was scary for us the last time. I got a two and a four year old. Yeah, You're young ones too. So yeah, same. We the last time we were up there, they were more um, friendly, friendly maybe aggressive. Um, just running along behind your truck, um, running out in front of the truck, coming up to you when you stop. Um, we stayed in a house a couple of times and went down and walk out in the morning and there's one just in the foyer there, like literally on the tiles. Um, they're very comfy. And there was – I think there's been some culling or something's happened out there where the the, ter- the territorial nature of those dingoes, they're not sure who owns the territory. When we were up there over Christmas, mate, they were everywhere. It was nuts. Well, people, people, locals up there will tell you, once they took the horses off the island, you took away all the food. And then mm. they're basically reliant on, on scraps and yeah, people, yeah. and which is sad because the, the horses didn't really belong there either. But um, yeah. they, they took a lot that food source away. We stayed at Yidney Rocks in November. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I'd be fishing there with the bucket of yugaries behind me and the three every afternoon just on sunset, three would come down and have a look. yeah. yeah. I was, it's funny. You I was the most spooked I'd ever been, actually, because I was sort yeah. of standing on my own, and I'd three of them coming down, and they they sort of didn't 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 worry me when I started walking. I didn't worry them when I started walking towards them. So yeah. that, I, I've always thought they were a bit more skittish than that, but they're yeah, yeah they're real relaxed. Yeah, I've had them following me on a run. It's a bit eerie. Shit. And my mate was coming out of the water one night. They they had a, they were camping. Yeah. He'd, he'd sort of gone down for a swim just on dark, which I wouldn't do because of the sharks. Over yeah, there. I'm Jesus. mad anyway. But he, he's coming out and there's four of them lined him up and wouldn't let him go past. And he's just standing in the water screaming to his mates to come down and grab him, <laughs> help him out. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I hope they never stop people going there. Obviously, that at some point I'd say they'll start limiting it or it'll get it more yeah, expensive yeah. or something. But I went there for like my whole childhood and we saw the Eastern Beach. Yeah, yeah, and every now and then as a treat, we'd go to Lake McKenzie. But it was basically get up yeah. six o'clock in the morning if you wanted to go fishing. You had to be in the truck. You'd fish all morning, come home, 
tailor season, so we'd, you know, clean yeah. them all. It lays around during the day and then you'd be back out fishing all night. And that was that yeah. was school holidays in September for forever. But um, Good childhood memories to it, have. It is awesome. Like it yeah. is awesome, I hope. But as we get older, I've started looking around a bit and there's some pretty cool spots on that island. Yeah. Mate, there's great spots right from – even if, if you're not keen on Fraser, like Fraser's a special place, but there's a lot of spots down northern New South Wales. It's just stunning, eh? And it's, it's four hours or so within reach and – Beautiful little campgrounds there, a lot quieter. Yeah. Fraser gets super busy now. It's um, it's it's actually something I've only just started sort of noticing is that Northern Rivers, it North, Northern New South Wales is so good it should be Queensland. I reckon they, they could oh, shift the border like, just down to Coffs Harbour there somewhere. Yeah. You know, and, and you know what? Never going to happen. I love the <laughs> – Not on my watch. I love the drive <laughs> a lot more. I've done the I've done the Gold Coast to Gympie yeah. all too many times. Yeah. I sort of – don't really want to do it ever again, mm. but when you leave leave the Gold Coast and head south, it's just magic. Yeah. So no, tra- barely any traffic. That run down to Ballina, it's pretty good now, and mm. that'll get get even better. But um, some of our cool. best fo- footballers at school come from down that area too. Lismore, that's Ballina. in Queensland. That's oh, in no. Queensland. Oh, no, <laughs> it's hard to cop. <laughs> So, mate, back to your, your website, a little book. What's that just all about? Reviews, videos for those that haven't been on? Yeah, so I put it together initially. There was um, – I was just trying to help people get their head around how to catch fish on lures a little easier because a, a lot of people um, like you, Matty. Yeah. Have, uh, you know, they just struggle to find their feet. You walk into a tackle store, there's a wall full of thousands of lures and um, you don't know where to start. So uh, I just started sharing some videos on how I like to use the ones that I, I catch fish on and um, – it, it's just kept going from there mm. and over the last probably five years I've produced a couple of DVDs that go into a lot more detail to help people catch um, catch on to probably the, that experience that might hook a kid for life or, or if we're talking about that, that ultimate jack fishing experience, whether it's going away on an adventure mm. with your mates or uh, having it all unfold on, you know, on your back doorstep in a canal somewhere on the Gold Coast. I tried to capture that and pull that together. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun just to pull videos together and uh, initially I was just trying to pull stuff together to share with my my grandfather and then um, my brother Benny was like, Johnny, you gotta you got to start sharing some of this when, mm. when Facebook came around and, and YouTube started. So uh, it's been fun since then and, um, yeah, it sort of pushes you to keep going and keep that obsession going and, and sharing it with people. Yeah. Well, and a lot of people would have your experience, Matt, where they go, they grab a handful of lures yeah. and – one, it's one thing to have the law, but it's the bit most important thing is what I think you said is, A, where do you fish it? Yeah. And then how do you fish it? Yeah, yeah. And there's multiple different ways, you know, you get lures and I saw some of your, some of your footage mm. uh, and you obviously mentioned a few techniques which you obviously go into detail in the video and there's some, you know, things that I had never seen before, even like I think see the surface fishing for the flathead. Yeah, screen and the way flathead. The types yeah. of lures you're using for the jacks and, you know, yeah. you're doing that. That sort of skip cast and getting it up in, and they're, getting, they're in, the getting little, it in under trees. Yeah, oh, that's crazy. it's these little yeah. tips that, and I think obviously uh, I'd love to watch the videos uh, in more detail because mm. they're those little differences between yeah, someone yeah. that catches maybe no fish, one fish, or that mate that you've got that catches a shitload of fish. Yeah. You know, and they're just doing things a little bit different, a little bit mm. better. You know, it's that just to, to yeah. get their catch rate up. It's brilliant. So, yeah, so maybe something like I could share with you for. I wanted to give you a little bit of a broader look at how you could get on some fish before you even get into your lures. So if you've got your kids and you want to go catch some fish on the coast, yeah. um, 
one of the big mistakes, and like I said, there's the mistake of throwing straight out, but one of the big mistakes is, um, and I did this when I tried to get my missus into fishing when we first got together, um, I took a jack fishing and it's really hard going to try and get one fish. But with my kids, I got it right and they love it. I took them down. I've got the rod here, hang on. I took my kids down fishing and this thing's like an old broken rod that, um, can you see the end of that? I've just got a bit of thong stuck on the end of that because they drag <laughs> it along. They try and like wreck the side of my car with it and poke each other in the eye with it. But that's just an old, that's just an old bucket of rod and reel, but with a tiny little hook on the end. That looks nicer than my best rod. Can you <laughs> can you see that tiny little hook, Matty? Yeah. Oh yeah. You, yeah, yeah. If you start like that for for a dad or a mum that's taking their kids fishing, and you just you know, need a, need a bit of bread onto that and take the bread down and throw it in the water and then throw your, throw your bread on the hook in behind it. That's probably the easiest way to start getting on some fish and have some fun with the kids. I'm just going to swallow that. Well, the kids don't know. I mean, I've I'll never forget the most excited I've ever seen my daughters when she, you know, reeled in a stingray. Yeah. That'd be something, you know, you'd sit there and you'd be like, oh, my God. But, or, you know, watching my son reeling a dogfish and thinking he's bringing a tuna in. Yeah. They don't know. To them, it's just winding a fish in. And, yeah, yeah. You know, that it's all about the experience. They're not f- fussed about hmm. whether they've, you know, got a jack or whether they've got a jewel or whether they've got a cod. They're just, you know, excited to have a fish on the end. And you, yeah. you're right. I suppose you could make the mistake of thinking, yeah, I've got to get them on it. You know, they're going to want a jew. They're going to you sit them out there yeah. in the cold, freezing their ass off. Mate, they lose it. My little kids, they yeah. love it when they're out there just messing around with that. Yeah, so just catching fish. That's one of the first things, mate. If you get if you're going out with your kids who want to catch fish, and you can do it with as simple as doing it with bread in these lakes out the back here. How many how many casts do you reckon go into a DVD? Oh, <laughs> just, yeah. There'd be hundreds, mate. It's probably well. The way I like to fish when I go out is casting and retrieving the lures. Yeah. So whether you're on a boat in a kayak or walking banks, most of the time I'm, I'm you know, on a boat or in my kayak. Um, there, there'd probably be a hundred casts in between each of the fish, at least that go yeah. into some of those. But what you can do with a couple of tricks, right? And I can share with you some of the things that are trending and working for me now for these bigger fish. Um, if you're any efficient and you want to go out and try and catch something like you might see on the front cover of that de- that big flathead there or that big mangrove jack that are in the top two there, Matty. Yep. Um, yeah, if you wanted to capture something like that, like they get around in the canals here. That's yep. a monster. And, and there's giant flathead that get around, uh, you know, the Gold Coast Broadwater, like I said, north of, north of Wavebreak. Um, Tweed River's underrated massively and then places like Coomba Bar Creek yep. have a lot of good flathead in them. If, if you go out and fish early morning and uh, with a little bit of stealth, say you, you, know, you leave the kids at home for a morning if they're going to go throwing rocks around and carry on. If you want to yep. get after one of these giants, I go out early morning um, and throw bigger lures around and, and near areas where there's good sand flats like you've seen, you know, with yabby holes and things like that. Um, early morning, big baits like these. That, you're trying to imitate a big mullet, man, or a big whiting, right? So something like that. A lot of people that get into their, their lure fishing will go a little bit smaller to start, which is okay. But you can get onto some of those giants. And they're the fish of a lifetime. You know? yeah. And they're there. There's a, there's a lot of them around the Gold Coast and there's not a lot of people fishing with, you know, bigger lures like that for um, for big flathead or even mangrove jack and, uh, you know, there's even barramundi down here now. So, so that goes with the you want to catch a big fish, you need a big bait. Yeah, to, to, to an extent. 
um, that's what I've found with these the, the last couple of seasons chasing these fish, these big flatties. Um, and but then I sort of you know I could offset that with that little prawn I showed you. Yeah. Um, or, or there's there's a lure called a Zeric Tango Shad, which if someone's in a boat or a kayak, um, there you go. I've just <laughs> claimed, claimed I've just caught one. something. That's yours now. <laughs> Anything stuck to the table at the end of the night. Yeah. yeah, there's there's small lures that will consistently get your numbers if you're on a boat. Yeah, cool. And that's probably one of the best ways to go is to troll around with uh, with a small. It's called a tango shad and chase flathead this time of year. So yep. winter time, good flathead. Springtime, good flathead fishing on the coast, and then coming into summer, mangrove jacker around and. We yeah. usually we usually try and roll a swag out somewhere up there on the Broadway, up near the old bedroom somewhere. It's yeah, usually yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Problem is we usually drink too much and never get out on the water early and then, uh, yeah, get so out there at about lunchtime. You use a lot of plastics, I saw too. Yeah, yep, yep. So With like the weedless. Yeah. Um, which yep. is, I, I think, one of the things you talk about is getting, getting it obviously deep into the structure. So you... Those yeah. ones with the big trebles I've never on seen, them. I've never seen tough. the hook like that. Yeah, it's naughty big bit of kit, hooks, mate. Yeah. That keeps the, keeps all the weed off. It just, you know, sometimes you go out and you get frustrating experiences and they're just little things like that, like a weedless hook like that. Yeah. Will change change your experience and um, and make it a lot more fun to go and throw in under overhanging trees and things up the back of creeks. And that ex- that experience for a kayaker or some, someone in a boat up the back of like Narang River or Talabudra, Kurumban Creek. There's some great little honey holes up in there where you can catch plenty of fish. Yeah. yeah cool. You ever caught a fish, Dylan? It's been a while. I did grow up on the Murray. <laughs> did you? Oh. Yeah. He caught did crabs of... once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never that's got a, rid of them. That's a different <laughs> podcast. Um, I noticed on one of the videos I saw today, you've got the GoPro on your shirt. Is that a regular? Yeah. Pretty much every time you're out now. I film most times or nearly every time I go out yeah. now because you don't – You don't you, know what you're going to – Yeah, there's always that element of um, maybe not luck but just that chance. You don't know what's going to yeah. what's gonna happen. That's part of the experience. I'm usually always recording and um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of young kids getting into it as well, which is, you know, I see other blokes out there doing it now filming and yeah. for the most part if it's for yourself, which is the way it started off for me to share with my, my granddad, this, it's great to have that mm. and um, – yeah, so I just record with the GoPro and you sort of capture everything you got then. You never forget those trips away with the boys. That's, yep. how, that's how it sort of kicked off when I chased Mangrove Jack with the yeah. fellas. Yeah, right. It's awesome. Yeah. It's good. All right. So the website for those that want to go and check it out, mylurebox? Mylurebox.com.au. Yep. Um, but on YouTube is where all the content sits yep. and, and that takes people through how to use some of the stuff and, and how to tactics videos on catching flathead brim. You and know, then obviously the DVDs go into a little more detail. Yeah, mate. Yeah, those those DVDs are sort of you know an hour and a half long of specifics on how to you know kayak fish the Gold Coast, how yeah, to go on which a is perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so if you're definitely yeah. interested, I mean, their videos on techniques and obviously locations in mm. and around the Gold Coast, which is yeah, so which is yeah. valuable. We're actually yeah. giving away the uh, the DVDs. Thank you, yeah, John. yeah. Appreciate that. Uh, so, did I win? Uh, no, we, we ran a bit of a uh, competition, um, so we just need to make sure John's going to pick. John's going to pick a winner. Just make sure it was before four thirty this afternoon, and it was on the main page. Yep. Um, here's the, we got the bloke here, Andrew Saunders. Oh, congratulations, well done, mate. Andrew, Andrew Saunders. Saunders. Well so, uh, box set. You've won. You've won the box set. Uh, if you can't catch a fish after watching those, <laughs> give it away. Yeah. Um, 
if you want to send us a direct message, mate, uh, hopefully you live in Australia, we'll uh, we'll send those uh, DVDs out to you. Um, before we wrap it up, though, I've got three mm. questions for you that we ask okay. all our special guests. Yep. Um, it's a bit of a rapid fire, so the first thing that come, comes, comes to mind. Yep. Uh, Favourite destination anywhere in the world for a ginger beer? Uh, it'd be the Baffle Creek Tavern. Baffle Creek Tavern. Yeah, so it's uh, f- really remote. It gets locked off when there's floods around. Yep. Um, but it's a great fishing destination and it, and it overhangs the water so you can sit there and, uh, you know, you, you eat a couple of chips yourself, throw a couple over the side and the fish just go mental for it. It's a, you know, it's a good little destination. It has flooded a couple of times. So Whereabouts is it? Um, so it's about an hour or an hour and a half north of Bundy. Uh, and there's some great spots for fishing up around Bundaberg. I'll have to put that on the But list. that's one that overhangs the water. Yeah. Baffle Creek, I'm going to put that on the list. Right, our next one. Favourite athlete of all time? Uh, I grew up with Michael Jordan on the on the telly. Yeah. Yeah. So that Saturday was, mornings? Was, yeah, on 10. Yeah. With, I forget, it, someone Woods, Steve Woods, some, I forget, but. Uh, yeah, I know who, who was Bill, it? Bill Woods. Bill Woods. Bill Woods. Yeah. He's got the show on uh, Fox now, Bill He's and Boz. He's still going. Yeah, mate. Yeah, Bill Jordan, Woods. 100%. Freak. Yeah. yeah. I heard you had him a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. What? Greatness is greatness, isn't it? Mm, it's hard to go past. I'm still waiting for someone to say Dylan, but not <laughs> hasn't come up yet, has it? <laughs> last one, last one. It's a bit of a cliche, but I love it, and I've mm. always wanted to show where I could ask someone this yeah, question. Yeah, so, yeah. four people from history over for a barbecue. Anyone from history, alive or dead? Who's coming, and what are you cooking? Oh, okay. I'm a, I'm a shock and cook, mate. So it's you can just catch a fish pizza. for someone else. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a dirty old flathead on the barbecue in butter with lemon. Um, cool. But uh, I, I'd like to get a Gold Coast. I reckon Mick Fanning it would be a really interesting bloke to talk to. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, he's had plenty to deal with and and um, the pressure he's copped, especially when he's at an event. Um, yeah, I've seen photos of those hundreds of people around him with their phone, and he's sitting there trying to prep for an event. And he's going out in big surf. I don't know. I'd love to talk to him about some of that. Um, Malcolm Douglas. Do you know yep. who that is? Yep. Yep. Um, we lost him, but he's he's probably the great with all the YouTube and, and social media around uh, adventure now. I still don't think anyone comes close to what, him. What was it? he was like before? He was like Russell Coit sort of taking the piss out of Malcolm Douglas. Yeah, like, yeah. Malcolm Douglas. What was Malcolm Douglas' show? Was it? It was all about fishing and, and adventuring the top end with his with his mm. dog, and uh, he had a he had like a an animal park up in Broome, I think. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he was just rough as, mate. Before Steve Irwin, before any of those guys, he was just living it real. Yeah, so it'd be him. Um, I saw a great podcast on Bob Lazar. Which that'll get you going for if you're a conspiracy. Well, theorist. I thought we were about I thought we were about to wrap this pod up, but we just you just had <laughs> to give up. I got to go. Boom. Yeah, that's the that's the uh, doco that Matt shot through the other day to that's, ask you to watch. That's required. Yeah, I didn't watch that's it. required listening. <laughs> I did watch that. I did watch <laughs> and I listened to the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you listen to it on Joe or another? Yeah, one? yeah. That and there's. Did you watch the documentary on yeah, Netflix? Yeah, I saw that same yeah. day, so, mate. So, <laughs> three and a half hours. Give us your fourth, and then we're coming back to Bob Lazar. Uh, and then the fourth is um, another bloke I've seen talking on mushrooms, Paul Stamets, who's um, he's into. Yeah, it's, he's another bloke you want to you want to watch. And yeah, right. Him, he's sort of got. What you say? Take he's talking on, on mushrooms. Yeah, like you know, there's there's um, talk of like legalizing these drugs in the states right yeah and um mushrooms is one where they're trying to push it in some of the states um some of the states over there and this bloke paul stamets he's um he walks around in oregon picking mushrooms and like doing tests on them and then he's 
Yeah, he tries them in T's and that. He's had crazy experiences and he shares that. So Maybe it can be one cool. of the next school programs that we... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Along with the sport. You can do it out of Nimbin. <laughs> me, me and my brother used to have a lot of heated battles over um, extracurricular, oh, all types, extracurricular mm. substances, I guess you'd say. I've certainly changed my opinion after listening to a lot of these guys talk yeah. on some stuff, maybe mm. not so much some of the harder things that mm. you can get into, but, um, you know, the argument on legalising marijuana and yeah. mushrooms, I'm not too sure of. But, yeah, um, I'm, not, I'm not, like, I've never done any of that stuff, but yeah. listening to these guys talk on it is just, inter- it's interesting to me, man. As a complete rookie, it's, it's pretty interesting. Right, coming back to Bob Lazar. Yeah. That's how Trump, <laughs> that's how Trump wins the next election, right? So... So for those wow. that haven't watched it, uh, this Bob Lazar basically worked at, uh, according to him, a subsection of Area 51 called S4 back in the late 80s, yep. reverse engineering a power source that could create gravity basically. Mm. Uh, a lot of the stuff that he got um, shot down for back then has come out and since been proven true. This is this is Trump. He's, he's going to come out a week before the next election. It's all real. UFOs, folks. I'll, I'll release it all. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. We're not sharing Very, it with China. No, no China. <laughs> Very good, Matty. <laughs> Just love being there. So that's it. That's the hook. He's going to go. You got to vote for me, and, and I'll tell you all I'll about release. the. I'll tell you all about yeah, the flying true. saucers. Me and Bobby. But that. Yeah. Yes. I wasn't sold. I wasn't sold. No, it was interesting. Yeah. You are yeah. a skeptic. Yeah, well, to it's, me. Hard, a, it's yeah. a hard sell on me. But where do they come from then? Where did what come from? The flying saucers that he was working on. <laughs> we haven't seen them. <laughs> There was no. He didn't actually bring them out on there. He just spoke about them. Yeah, he seemed very vague on the. Like, uh, crap off, I couldn't man. even get it. Was it, was it, was it, it was definitely interesting, uh, and there was some stuff in there that kind of uh, you know made you look twice. The things, like you said, that he's spoken about. But I mean, I think one yeah. of the things he was quoting, and I'll, I'll give you an example. One of them was gravitational waves, and they're like, oh, you know, they've just found gravitational. Waves. Einstein was talking about gravitational waves. He was. So I mean, it's. It wasn't like he invented gravitational waves. He was, there was things no, in there that, um, you know, it's like, well, okay, maybe if you just watch that, uh, obviously, documentary with no understanding of physics, you might think, okay, well, yeah, gravitational waves, you know, you can run with that. There's ultimate but, theories there, though, John. They, they, there's, yeah. there's people, I've, I've listened to another podcast, oh, yeah. and it was a dude basically saying that what they were working on was was basically stuff that um, the, the Russians had come mm. up with, sent mm. to the US to basically, you know, preoccupy yeah, them. Yeah. So they were trying to work out where these things come from and it was the Russians. It is amazing. Wouldn't them. you love for it to be true? It'd blow your mind. <laughs> See, it's but amazing. Go, coming back to your question though, at dinner, yeah. right, whether you agree with it or not, these blokes go down the rabbit hole. Mick Fanning, like crazy passion with surfing and yeah. surfing is a sport – if I look at the, we're talking off air about the boys training and their loading for yep. for rugby league, right? Yeah. These boys that are surfing and make it as surfers, they're spending. If if a if a pref, professional rugby league player is training, I don't know, 12, 15 hours a week, a lot of the surfers are doing 30, 40 and plus a week. Mm. So you got Mick Fanning's gone down the rabbit hole there. Mm. You've got um, Malcolm Douglas has spent a lot of time in the bush, and these other guys, whether you agree with it or not, down a rabbit hole, crazy. Yes. Like, just get you going. But they're just, that's right. They're, it's interesting. Just, I reckon you'd know by focused. the end of that barbecue whether Bob was full of shit or not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He he's seems, obviously seems genuine. There is zero yeah. proof, Timmy, but as an, as an astro- astronomer, you look out through your telescope on a regular basis and there's 
millions and billions of stars. Yeah. I'm glad we've gone here. We're delusional if we think we're alone. <laughs> no, so that's not what that's not what I suppose. I, I, I'm. He- I don't think what he put forward. So I would agree with you, and you know, there's obviously different theories around how much life's out there, and you know, as in obviously there's Earth-like planets. That doesn't mean life. Um, it's life actually happened like it did here because we still don't understand how life. Started. We can explain evolution. Accident. Well, we don't know, but it's another thing, obviously. So he wasn't talking about the fact that do we think life's out there? No, he, he was wasn't. talking about the fact that he was working on nine egg. So I, I was the fact. I agree that yes, they, it's inconceivable to think with the amount of possibilities of Earth-like planets that we're the only one. But where we visited, are we visited? I don't know. I haven't seen anything yet, and I look up a lot. So, so there's a lot of different ways that could go. He basically said they're not of this planet because we don't have the technology now. It could have been any number of things. It could have been just all the German uh, scientists that they ripped out of Nazi Germany after the war had come up. That was because he said there was nine different, yeah. nine different ones, which I thought yeah. that's weird. But then I thought, oh well, if he came to Earth from somewhere else, there'd be nine different planes that that'd be around. Definitely. But what what if they were from? What if they're just from a forgotten civilization? What if the, they are the evidence of a previous advanced civilization on Earth that was destroyed by like a meteor shower and, and then buried? Because he actually says, he doesn't say that they flew here. He said that they were dug up. Mm. They could be from that uh, pre- previous time. You know, humans have been in their current form for a hundred. Look at this part. He's asleep in the you corner. You probably sound like you've been on the mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> 190,000 years in our current state, human beings. Yeah. And what's most of our histories in the last 2,000 years, you know, and then you go back to Egypt and maybe it's another five. So at worst, 10, 10, 10 to 12,000 years. What do we do for the 188 before, 178 before that? And how long? So, so tomorrow there's a solar flare, an asteroid shower, tidal waves. How long do you reckon until the Earth and there's no evidence of this current, current group? Proper spin out. Give it 100 mm. years? No, what it would it look like? Yeah. No, thousand years. We don't know. Give it ten thousand years. Well, they've already, you know, there's already this been... house is not here anymore. I yeah. mean, this studio, this is not here anymore. Mm. Yep. We're talking millions and billions of years, and you know, obviously, we've come a long way. I'd say, don't worry about the last thousand years. Look how far we've come in the last twenty years, up one hundred years, and you know, push that out for a thousand, two thousand years. It's, uh, you know, it's mind blowing how far we've come. Technology-wise, and who knows where we're going to end up? Mm. Well, we end up with technology like he's talking about. I hope so. It's amazing. So you go, <laughs> re- you go real deep on these blokes, and if, if it's fun, man. So we all grew up it's in the fun. era of Atari. You know, yeah, you yeah. have an Atari that evolved into, a, you know, I think we got a Sega next, and then we went from a Sega to a PlayStation, and then, you know, the, the stuff the kids are playing now and the virtual reality and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So if you can look at that thirty years of advancement and go from like fake as 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 you can get to well, indistinguishable. Mm. Well, what's another thirty years? And if yeah, you can, yeah. and if you can, if you can admit to yourself, Dylan, that is there ever a possibility in time where you cannot distinguish between virtual reality and reality? Do you reckon that's possible? Probably. Then what? What's to say we're not already living in a uh, in a simulation? I don't know if Mick Fanning's going to hang around <laughs> for this conversation. <laughs> I want him to we come. Lost He's him. checked we out. We lost him. <laughs> He's right. checked out. On that note, we took a real right turn. We've currently got zero listeners left. 
<laughs> they never listen this long. Anyway, John, we can talk about whatever you yeah, want from this point yeah, on. Yeah, we, we generally <laughs> do. <laughs> um, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. You're welcome here anytime. Thanks, mate. Thanks for coming. Bit of fun. Thanks, Thanks, Cheers. Cheers, boys. Cheers, Good on you. Awesome. Thanks, mate.